there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Ripple Effect. We've had a great couple of weeks and I'm really excited about how the podcast is going and where it's heading in this one. I go back to my roots, really. Me and my one of my best friends, Flav, sit down to talk about the weekend's action, uh, talking about Casemiro and his effect and how that could have affected other players, including what Marcus Rashford, who is considered one of the best players in the world right now. And, of course, we have to talk about Tottenham Hotspur because... Flav, who is my guest this week, he has a Tottenham podcast. It's called The Fighting Cock. If you are a Spurs fan, you haven't heard of that podcast, listen to it. You will absolutely love it. He is a smart, salt-of-the-earth guy with a big heart, uh, and he's funny, so funny. That's why I, I do a podcast aside from this one with him. But we sit down and we talk about Tottenham, and we talk about Harry Kane and the life of times of Harry Kane and how Harry Kane could have found a different way to Manchester City, how Harry Kane could have won titles for Arsenal, why Harry Kane left Arsenal, and how if Harry Kane had taken a specific penalty at a specific time, he wouldn't have had all those goals for Tottenham Hotspur. He would have gone somewhere else, and Tottenham could have well won the Premier League. All that and more as we tuck into your ripple effects as well. This is The Ripple Effect with James Alcott. Enjoy yourself. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Ripple Effect. Last week we had Laws, this week we've got my online husband, Flav. Is that right? AKA, yeah, I would say that. Why not? It's, I'd say it's more, it's a, it's a deeper relationship than a simple brother or friend or, um, or you're miles older than me, so uncle as well. So I'd say it's sort of like a Dad, cougar. And Cougar and their two boy, toy boy. What did you say? Could be a dad. Could, yeah, could be a dad, but that would be. Really I think, good. honestly, uh, you're, James, you're top. You're in the top 10. And I've got a big family. Really? Yeah, why not? That. I mean, like, that That's is, nice. you, know, I'm, you know how big my family is. So, you, you know, to be top 10, that means, but, you know, you could be in there ahead of mum. Uh, yeah, and I know all the listeners that don't know of uh, me and Flav's relationship, we do uh, a different podcast, which is also on Spotify, but a cross-promotion there, uh, called James and Flav for Now. Mm. And if you aren't aware of that, you won't know that Flav has five brothers. So, So for every single person who is just thinking there, well, I imagine Flav's family is littered with um, females and no kind of testosterone at all for James to be in that top ten, 
Up yours. <laughs> Up yours. <laughs> Different angles. Yeah. Uh, welcome to The Ripple Effect. Uh, can I firstly say that I am so chuffed with how the podcast is going so far. We are staying strong in the sports uh, podcast charts. We're fourth at the moment. We uh, got to 18th in all of the UK in our second week. That's crazy, People James. Seem to... It's crazy. Well done. Uh, we, we've got to keep pushing now, guys. We must keep going. We must beware hubris. <laughs> we must get ourselves... I would love to be a top 10 podcast. This is all stuff that I can use to flex to different people when they ask me, "What? And that, that's your real job. That this is what I'm, tr- I'm trying to validate my life here, guys. So if you do have a second, follow the podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to it. And of course, give us a five star rating. Let's get straight into this. Uh, Flav is a Spurs fan. We're going to be talking about uh, Harry Kane, the life and times of Harry Kane, and also the ripple effect of Casemiro after his um, very impressive performance. Well, all through the season, but especially in the Carabao Cup and some other bits around that as well. But we kick off with some of your quick-fire ripples. And here are some of them. I'll get your reactions to them, Flav. Mm-hmm. So after Man United's victory in the Carabao Cup, this comes from Kai, our producer. He suggests that after the victory for Man United, the debate is now settled over who is allowed to, to be called Bruno. It was a battle of Brunos yesterday, Bruno Gomerez, against Bruno Fernandes. And Bruno Gomerez will now be relegated to using his full <laughs> name. Difficult. No, that's difficult stuff. That's fair. I, I, you know how I feel about this, James. I don't like uh, too, there being too much familiarity with footballers. We, they're not our mates, right? I know a lot of fans like to talk about their, the, you know, the players like they're their mates. Oh, Bruno. Oh, oh did you see how well Bruno is? It's Gimaresh and it's Fernandez. all right? Unless you know them on a personal level, then you can call them Bruno. But it's just, it's either lazy or too familiar. Okay, what about that time you called uh, Kieran Trippier trips? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, well, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming, but I thought I'd gamble. Um, yeah. Yeah, yes, it's, it's, look, I'm, look, life makes hypocrites of a soul, Jim. I be, but I would say trips is still... That's more like we're on the same football team, isn't it? You know, like, I did like do that. Smithy... Like, you know when you put an, like, a Y on the end of people's names? Yeah. That you're saying that's safe. But yeah, when it comes to these these Bruno names, I, well, I don't. What you'd actually like to go back to? A, you want both surnames to be used at every juncture? Yeah, 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 really yes, like? yes, okay. yeah, yeah. But I, I say, Noted. I say, I do often say Bruno because I'm scared of getting Gemeresh wrong. I just feel like I might have done <laughs> yeah, it then, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. safer, much safer to say Bruno. I think if you say it with a bit of swaz, any of these names, you can just about get away with it. Mm. Although my audience would um, wouldn't attest to that. James uh, Lathlane. Potter's sacking. So he's gone Potter's sacking. He's not sacked yet. I know, guys. it's only a matter of time. He's not gone yet. It does he kind of feel be, that way. He should be, it's ridiculous. He should be. Like, get him out. Even I'm furious. <laughs> and I'm not even a Chelsea fan. I'm furious yeah. <laughs> on behalf of Chelsea fans here. What's he still yeah. doing there, James? Enough now. Enough. Well, I think... Do you know, I, I, I've done a video and I said, give him three games. Why? But my heart, my heart wasn't in it. <laughs> my heart wasn't in it, as I said. If you do want to know what Chelsea looked like and all the ramifications of that. Uh, we we focused on that last week. We didn't think he'd get this far, but he still seems to be in the job at the time of recording. Um, but yeah, so this is uh, James's ripple effect from the weekend. Potter's sacking has helped. I think he means hiring. It's literally at the front of his mind, so he's written yes. the wrong word. Yeah, that's what he's done. Has, has helped Arsenal's title race. Trossard would be at Brighton if Potter had stayed. 
his fallout with Deserby meant he left and he's looked good for Arsenal, obviously, um, was integral over the weekend, has looked really good as well. Potter and Kukurea would have been better off staying at Brighton, but would Brighton have been better with them? That's a great question and the answer is no. I think the answer, I think Grandpa and Brighton are a great fit for many reasons, but Deserby has come in and they're playing better football, they're scoring more goals and the future looks better. They've sold Trossard, they've got rid of Cucurella and they don't look that much weaker for it. Other teams losing key players like that would destroy them, but Deserby's, I mean, he's, his track record wherever he's gone has been impressive. Brighton have done a, a great work to bring him in. Admittedly, I didn't know a great deal about him before he arrived, but I have done a little bit of research and now respect his, his body of work. And uh, he deserves, sure. he's more than good enough to be in the Premier League. Um, so, was Potter, was my, Potter rubbish all along? No, he wasn't rubbish. He just wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't was like, he could never score. Was, he, is that he the, could never get the, the ball the, in the net. Right. So last week, we, look, with this podcast, we're learning all the time. And one thing I'm, I'm learning is that... Last week we said the ripple effect a lot. So I'm going to try and stay away from it. So there'll be different effects, okay? But the crutch effect is Brighton. They're so well run. That was, is Graham Potter actually just a bang average so you reckon, manager? You think... But he had the Brighton crutch. What's, what's he done? He, he beat... He, he, before, before this... Before Brighton... He won nothing. He ain't won nothing. And he... Uh, but it was Ossesund. This is where he kind of comes to the fore. I go, what's this English bloke? doing over there managing Ossesson and then they turn up and turn over Arsenal that's how that's that's what that's his greatest achievement maybe not I think you've got something there though Jim in, in that Brighton are ex- exceptionally well run brilliant recruitment and that any decent manager with that support network behind them and the, the level of player they're bringing in is going to do well Th- yeah, this I, is, I agree what he got at Brighton is complete support and belief in his ability what you get at Chelsea is no one believes in him. He walks into the dressing room and they go, "What is he still doing yeah. here?" Is that is it sort of two sides of the coin here? You've got the Brighton crutch and the Chelsea. What's the word we're looking for? It's like the Chelsea swipe. It's sort of the, the Chelsea kneecap. <laughs> That's what um. They literally, what you know, Potter's walked in and. You know, like the 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 size of the club, it's just gone bang bang, <laughs> both knees. That now get on with it, and with no sympathy whatsoever. He's just been kneecapped, poor bloke. I mean, look, if, obviously if, we if, don't. If <laughs> Sorry, if on. Putin never invaded Ukraine, would Potter be Chelsea manager? The answer is no. He'd still be at Brighton because Abramovich really? would still be there, and right. he would never have employed Potter. <sighs> Ergo. Yeah, he's not. Potter never goes to Chelsea if Abramovich is there. That's and, so true. And, he's, and, and right now he's so much happier. He's just a happy man living in Brighton, living his best life. And now Abramovich <laughs> is living in Brighton. I don't, know where, don't know where he's living. <laughs> don't know where he is. But, Imagine if he is living in Brighton. If you are uh, Roman and you're listening, make sure you put a five star rating down. Spurs are good. We've got a couple of Spurs ones here for you, especially for you, Flav. Okay. Spurs are good, says uh, the ripple effect of Bentancur suffering a season-ending injury is that Skip finally gets the first-team game time he needed. He scores his first goal against Chelsea as a Spurs, it's an, in a Spurs win, of course, which leads to Todd Bowley screaming, I can't do this anymore, <laughs> and sacking Graham Potter. So Bentancur, we thought, was actually, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about that being the start or beginning of the end for Conte. Is the truth, actually, that's the... Uh, 
the final nail in, in Potter's coffin. Do you, do you remember the conversation with me just moaning at you uh, via text message about the plight of Tottenham Hotspur? And then at the end, yeah. apologising, saying, sorry, Jim, I know QPR are <laughs> having their struggles too. I thought the Bentancor injury was going to be the end of any kind of top four hope. And we knew, and I have been talking about how good I think Skip is for a long, long time. And that goal, you have. That goal against Chelsea wasn't... He didn't need to score that for me to, to rate him. It's just that he was being injured so... He had such a significant injury with no return date. Kept getting pushed back. Conte more and more frustrated with his, with his situation and the, and the medical team. And then eventually, um, he, he, because of Bentancur's injury and Basuma's as well, don't forget, because Basuma would probably put, started before him, it meant that Skip had to rise to the occasion. And we are seeing the player that Conte raved about when he first arrived. And that isn't about the goal. It's about his, his, his ability on the pitch and doing the role that's asked of him. And he's actually being asked to play a little bit more forward, doing what Bentancur does. He doesn't do it as well as Bentancur because Bentancur is special. But Skip deserves the plaudits and um, I have no issues or no concerns if he remains fit of our ability to land a top floor place I could hear your head going come on on, Fab believe in it believe what you're saying I I do believe I do believe he did skip to the occasion hop skip and a thump from Oliver to get the victory should Kepper have saved it no it was a big moment I think so. I, do too. I think he has to save. I do. I tweeted that, and someone someone mentioned back going, "Don't you take this away from me?" <laughs> it's so <laughs> true. Like, yeah, I, fair, fair. That's fair. why I said. <laughs> I, I, that's why I brought that up because I saw your tweet, and you're right. You're right. I think he he should have <laughs> saved it. But the cast. Did I let myself down with that tweet? No, I think you you've All got right. to be you've got to be your position, and your 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 position is always a healthy one to have. In that you're neutral, right? You haven't really got a dog in the fight, except when you're talking about bloody Arsenal. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you had a point. You had a point. He should have saved it, but it, it it didn't matter. And and the, the catalogue of errors that Chelsea made in order for it to even end up at, at Skip's feet to score that goal was unbelievable. Do you know how much talent? How much the value of the talent that was that, that made the mistakes that led to that goal? Let's go through it, shall we? Very quickly. <laughs> right, the yeah. goalkeeper, seventy million, Kepa. He didn't save yep. Emerson's shot. Uh, Enzo. Fernandez, <laughs> Fernandez, 100 yeah. million pound, cleared the ball away really weakly to a 50-50 battle between Skip, who cost nothing, right? And okay, we're up to 170 at the moment. We're up to, oh, we're up to 170, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and then you add a 9 million pound loan fee for Yao Felix, because he right. lost the 50-50, very weak. And then in mm. front of him, who shaped up all wrong and made no attempt, real attempt to block the ball, was who? Can you remember? Koulibaly. Who cost? How much did it cost? Fifty million. Is he fifty? Yeah. Oh my word! So tell me how so, much how much money went into uh, to, to to creating that goal, Jim? Two hundred twenty nine million. <laughs> <laughs> That's class. It it cost them two hundred twenty nine million to lose to a team that they never ever lose to. To, to concede a goal to a player who, who cost us nothing. Who's been at the club since he was six. <laughs> That's, do you know what though? There, there's a really clear message in that, in the fact that you spent 229 million. Now you might, if you say you had, so say you had a different goalkeeper. That's God, I've forgotten his name now. But say you got a uh, got Mendy. I want to say Baxter. I think, it's, I think oh, his right. name's Baxter. He's, a, he's like a youngster. Say he's in goal. Does he take charge because he cares that little bit more? 
and then instead of Enzo Fernandez, you've got Conor Gallagher in there. Yeah. Does he just whack it? Yeah. I Does think, he just whack it away? I think so. I think so. I think there is an element to that kind of you know, you know the cliche, and Rory said it because we was watching it together, me and Rory uh, Jennings, and um, he said, first rule about football." If in doubt, get it out. And that's like an English sort of uh, approach to it. But in that instance, that's what you have to do. And I think Conor Gallagher, he would have have used his... He is English, isn't he? <laughs> Gallagher. I'm now Gallagher. Yeah. I think yes. no, yeah, he's Scottish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's played for England. We've yeah. done this before, haven't we? Um, mm. This is... Um, yeah, yeah, Conor Gallagher. Uh, he, he probably would have cleared it. He probably would have had an opportunity to um, do something different. But I think when you're a £100 million player, you're under pressure to do things a little bit... With a, bit a little bit, bit fancy. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. So 229 mil uh, to, to lose to Spurs. Disappointing. It's amazing, isn't it, that you can spend that kind of money and go backwards. Um, but anyway, we've got to keep moving. These supposed to be quick fire ripples. Joe Tomlinson with a belter as well, and you actually replied to this one, Flav, with the simple words. I think it was either "Oh dear" or "Dear Lord." Dear Lord, it was. Um, so Joe Tomlinson, he said, th- "Well, he actually used a tweet from the Spurs Express. This is from um, this is from the 30th of April, 2021. Actually, Eric Ten Hag did not reject Tottenham." And Daniel Levy decided to take a step back from negotiations after 48 hours of talks. So, essentially, Eric Ten Hag could have been your guy, your manager. Would you have preferred that? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would have. Easier life, isn't it? Would have been easier. Yeah. Life. I mean, would, would, look, he wouldn't have been given what he has been given at Manchester United. Like, he wouldn't have gone in and he would have gone, right, Daniel, so I wanted to bring in uh, Casemiro, 30-year-old, 30-year-old player for £60 million. I want to bring in Anthony, an unproven you know, prospect from the from 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 Ajax, and I'm also going to need um, a, another left back from or, or, or a centre back from uh, from Holland as well Ajax. called Martinez. Yeah. How, oh, oh, Martinez is isn't how t- how tall is he? He's five foot nine, but I'm going to need you to spend sixty million pound on him. Yeah, all right. Don't leave you not in a million years. We've done that. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's when he stepped away from the talks? He got about, He went. I've got. I've got the, exactly the players we need. Yeah. We've got this guy called Martinez. He's five nine, but don't worry about that. And we've got Casemiro. I reckon we could get him. You know. Yeah. 30, you know. And yeah, he's thirty. I get it. But there's no. There's no uh, resale value. All these things are just alarm bells, aren't they? First for Daniel Levy, they are. Well, this is why we'll never yeah. win anything with him in charge because he, he's more concerned about the resellability of these players. He'll, he'll have gone mm. right. No. Uh, have you heard of Poibier? Yeah, he plays for us. You know that. <laughs> Make do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get this done Jed Spence LF said Spurs win versus Chelsea and Chelsea gets Potter sacked that gets Potter sacked Poch joins Chelsea signs Kane and wins the league Conte retires Potter takes over at Spurs and wins the Europa League take it <laughs> take it yeah take it he's taking it it's a trophy <laughs> isn't it just, at just the end of the, the end trophy. of that sentence you said Europa League and that's a, <laughs> yeah look I can't I can't I can't hold Harry Kane up in the air and celebrate him like a trophy can I He's a human being. That's it wouldn't true. work. It'd be weird. I can. You need some tin. Talk about. You need some tin. And uh, another one, uh, something a bit different. And actually, I want to. Uh, I've got one outside of football. Catherine uh, says uh, Ings and Watkins couldn't score to save their lives with each other. Ings gets a transfer to West Ham. Now Watkins has got five and five, and Ings scores two on his debut. Amazing, that isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes just, you just need. Just change. If, any, if only someone has said this to, to Chelsea. Less. Let, now hear me out. Less players. Yeah. Sell one. Yeah. Let them feel valuable. Valuable? Well, as in, like, buy them for loads so they're valuable. 
no, Todd, you're not listening. <laughs> stop, stop spending money. Um, no, you just said valuable. No, you're doing it again. We say the same thing at yeah. Tottenham at the moment. It's like, oh, what, what, sorry, did you, you just spend £40 million on a right wing back? Um, yet Nemesis Morale was like, mm, yeah, I better start trying. And suddenly mm, becomes yeah. the best right wing back in the league. Or, 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 or you know, if you had to compare Reese James, I know he's played at the, as, a, as a fullback at the weekend, but Reese James and Emerson Royale, and I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth, all day, <laughs> Emerson Royale all day, currently. I cannot wow. believe it. And honestly, I cannot believe the level of, that he's performing at. It's unreal. Poro can't get in. With Emerson, it's amazing, isn't it? He was, he was a joke. He was a joke. He was an absolute <laughs> joke. Honestly, when he did a no-look pass, when we were losing a game, we were losing a game, right? I can't remember who it was against. Might have been Palace at home. I can't remember. We were losing, and he no-look passed it off the pitch. It didn't even work. And I was like, <laughs> get him out of my football club. I cannot take this anymore. And now... Yeah, he's, he's te- maybe he's just running hot right now. He's Teflon. Uh, because- the, guy, the guy is Teflon. Nothing phases him. He was booed off the pitch. Booed off the pitch Joy- this season. Maybe he just needed a deadline. So that's what sometimes sometimes you just need a deadline. Maybe he's like, oh no, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll sort it out. You are no, I'm up for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna come good. You will come good now. All right. Yeah. If you, you, <laughs> and here he if is. If you just spoke to any any Spurs players out of the three ring, white wingbacks we had in Jed Spence, Doherty, and Emerson Rowley, so sell him, sell Emerson right now. Uh, so wrong, so wrong. Final one. Uh, it's again with Spurs. After numerous wins, and uh, you'll be able to answer this, Flav, mm. possibly. The the one game, the Leicester game, is that the game where Conte sort of rushed back and then, and and um, Christian Stellini sort of stepped back as yes. assistant manager. Yes. Right, and they got pumped 4-1. Yes. And then Stellini then comes back. So Stellini, we haven't conceded the goal with Stellini. Right. Sh- We've beaten the, Man you know, City. The effect of this period of time is, a, is an incredible... He's got Swansea written all over him, or Leeds if they go down. He, he'll get a job from this. He, yeah, so he should. He, he, look, there are even people going, maybe. <laughs> what <Yeah>. do you think? <laughs> and, and Daniel Levy's going, oh, yeah. Yes. He's yeah, he's getting. What's he on? What, 10 grand a week? Get in. Um, <laughs> look, there was a school of thought that maybe Conte should stay in Italy and just really recuperate for the rest of the season. Let Stellini do it. I'll tell you what he's done. And this has led us to four four wins, four clean sheets, beating Chelsea, Man City, West Ham. And, and there's a way game in there somewhere as well. Um, he, all he's done is is solidify and give us balance. So he's playing Emerson Rowell and Ben Davies as a wet left wing back instead of Perisic yeah. and, and, and Porro, um, which just gives us more balance, <laughs> protects our very weak defence. And we're just we're doing all right. Poro is the greatest, could become the greatest decoy <laughs> of all time. You can't get a game because the others are gone. It's just giving them that little rocket that they both needed. Amazing stuff. Right, guys, uh, those were your quick fire ripples. Make sure you are following me on Twitter and you get yours read out. We've still got a few more of yours to read out. Uh, we'll be back after this break. Right, guys, just to say later this week, we will have another podcast talking about the Barcelona versus PSG 6-1 La Remontada. 
think it's called. <laughs> Pretty sure it's that. Uh, we are going to be recording it over the next couple of days, chatting to some big podcasts from PSG and Barcelona because that game has had so many ramifications and consequences that you wouldn't even believe. And as the second leg of the last 16 in the Champions League makes its way uh, into our eyes and hearts, we think it's a, the perfect podcast for later in the week. So again, if you're not following the podcast, make sure you are. And that way you'll be able to listen to that. Uh, that'll probably be out on Thursday or Friday so you can enjoy it over the weekend. We actually did a sort of evergreen one last week as well about Sam Allardyce and uh, what would have happened if he'd been able to just stick around for a little bit longer. He wanted that job uh, that... So, for so long as well. <laughs> no, mate. It was, yeah. We actually uh, concluded that both so much would have happened, but also nothing would have happened. So go check that out. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I, I really, really enjoyed uh, recording it. So let's talk about the EFL Cup final because we kind of got some loose ends from last week, which was, you know, the whole cast, um, the whole Carrius thing. Sorry. Uh, Carrius sort of yeah. getting to play that game and there was a moment actually right at the start of the game where Dan Byrne there's a sort of ball over the top and Dan Byrne you know the Newcastle local sort of nods it <laughs> back to Carrius and it for a split second it looks like it's <laughs> going to go past him after about <laughs> like two like 20 seconds and I thought oh my word you know like yeah you obviously the sliding doors moments of that, but he kind of gets there. But whilst getting there, he then, without even realising, has had his first touch. Yes. And and we know how important that first touch was. Just get your hands on the ball. Yeah. And he overall had a, had a really solid game. Yeah. Now I think people, people were looking for it and Jamie Carragher, I'm going to call you out because in the commentary, there was a moment where Gary Neville goes, does Pope save that? And I thought that was really unfair for the second goal. So there's a deflection from Sven Botman. It goes down as an own goal. Rashford was put through. And that kind of made it really, really difficult for Newcastle to get themselves uh, back into the game. And of course, they didn't score a goal, so it wouldn't have mattered really. But there was that question of like, is it his fault? Is it it, uh, Karras' fault? It wasn't his fault, okay? No, he he came away with that, probably with his stock slightly improved. Certainly, they don't. What do, he was a—he's a joke before. He was a meme before, wasn't he? He was just like, and 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 the the, the beautiful, you know, poetry that, f- that football serves up sometimes. In the the last time we ever heard of Carrius, really outside of Liverpool, was when he was throwing the ball in his own net in a cup final, albeit the Champions League, and then suddenly, as third choice Newcastle keeper, he returns to our screens once again in a cup final with Newcastle. You know how, yeah. like, when, when he left Liverpool, how weird that would be to suggest that he was going to end up playing in a, in a cup fight and then have somewhat of a redemption. He made a good save at the end as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been three. Could have been four. I, I, do, you know what's, do you know what's cruel about football? The fact that it's, you know, it's all there for him. Like, it's come, like, foot, the game let us down from that point of view. Like, just do your job, football. Some, and it's when you're thinking, oh, there's no way this can happen. That's when it slaps you around the face. But when it's literally there on a plate, let, just let Carrius win and save some penalties. That's all we're, that, like, it's do, there, do, it's do, written. Do you think that he's so, he's so good looking that this is almost what he deserves? Like, why <laughs> yeah. should he have everything? I do wonder. Do you know what I, I mean? I do wonder. Like yeah. if someone says to me, you is- could have a great career as as a footballer, but you can't have your face. I go, well, I can still be third choice keeper. I'll make enough money to live on for the rest of my life, and I'll keep my beautiful face. 
Yeah, mm. I think he's done all right. I don't think he goes home and uh, you know crying himself to sleep. Well, that's that's a very interesting <laughs> ripple effect because if we and I don't want to say names, it's mean, but if you think of some of the great players, there's a lot of players in there that are the opposite of Carius. Peter Beardsley. <laughs> he's got straight there. Okay. No, well, no, you can say that because he's like he's like, he's like a confirmed racist, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah. So you yeah, can got say what you like about Peter Beardsley. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Who, yeah, who, who else is disgraced? <laughs> so we can name names. Uh, let's leave it there. Yeah. But you'll be thinking of the names right now, of course. But I, I think that I get it. I think that's maybe that is something that he will just have to carry around. So that was. I think his career has been saved. So that's uh, that's one positive for not really Newcastle fans. I think they really couldn't care less about <laughs> could it. Not care less. But <laughs> they couldn't care, couldn't less. care less. Actually, that. That's the, the. It's not even a ripple effect. It's sort of the. It's the end of the ripple, is the full stop of of Newcastle United fans caring about Carrius. Ended when that final whistle went. We'll probably never no, okay, see Okay, fine. Yeah, absolute one game one you know day. I mean? You would imagine. Uh, the man I'm, who was. So go go for it. Go for it. I, I was just saying. I was, I was just. I was quite pleased that they didn't win it. I know that's mean. They everyone wanted them to, but. As a Spurs well, fan, holding up we... a big mirror to our failings. I just didn't have to look in that mirror. <laughs> well, we're going to look. We're going to look at uh, Casemiro and Manchester United, but we were going to touch on Newcastle after that. But let's do it the other way around. So, the future of Newcastle. Leo Tarrid said this could potentially be Newcastle United's uh, Arsenal finishing fifth moment. This could galvanise them to strengthen in the summer and become a force. Would you agree with that? I would. I would agree with. I would, I would say that they would have done it without it anyway, but. What it showed me, if I just take off my general cynical hat that I have on when approaching football, what what it showed me, especially in them picking up their losers' medals, the way they were embraced by their owners, especially Eddie Howe, who's in bits. You're looking at that and you're thinking they're all pulling in the same direction. That that even you got to see something there in defeat that you wouldn't have saw if they won, because everyone's happy when they win. But in defeat, can I disagree the, slightly? Go on then. Because I actually, this was one that I was thinking about where, and it was a very, very tight ripple effect of Amanda Staveley. She kissed, I think it's Trippier. She gave him a kiss on the cheek. And obviously this is the first time she's kind of been up there and there's, you know, there's the long line of players. I don't think she'd thought that through. I think she's she's seen Trippier. She's grabbed his face and given him a kiss because she knows him that little bit more than the rest of the squad. But then as she looks up, she, knows- she sees 25 <laughs> men and she goes, Sweaty oh men. no, what am I going to do? Yeah. And the next person, because you kind of put the, you know, the more important people at the front often, she gives that next person a kiss. And, that ne- and then all of a sudden she's kissing Elliot Anderson and Matt Ritchie, <laughs> who's got nowhere near the starting lineup. Because she you just got, they didn't she deserve, got stuck. They, they didn't. Deserve, they, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, but I, I think it was. So a, that, I think it wasn't something she wanted to do, and I think it was a mistake. I, and I think I actually she went up in my estimations with that because she didn't need to do it. She could at some point. But the problem is, and I, this is where she's done well actually, because whoever she stops on, if she gets like twelve deep, and then stops when it's right. she's got enough, know, now, player, enough now. Enough now. <laughs> yeah, there's like a player that's like I don't know. It's like, whoa, what's it? What's he done? Do you know what I mean? Why, why is player, he not getting a kiss? What, in your opinion, James, what Newcastle United player wouldn't have deserved a kiss? Not, but based on their <laughs> what they've uh, have done for Newcastle this season. I'll give you one. <laughs> Go on. Does 
does is it Botman? Botman for the angle? No, because Botman's been a class, and I'd I'd love him at Spurs. Good, he deserves a kiss. I I do wonder if I do. Uh, does, does Longstaff deserve a kiss? Does Lass- I scored two in the semi final. Okay, we well, go. Wait, no, that's fine. Give him the kiss. That's fine. I'm not, I'm asking questions yeah. here. No, I hear Jamal you. Lewis. I, think, I don't think. In terms of performances on the day, St. Maximum, could we have had more from you? I think we could have. He, well, he should maybe, have got a pat on you. the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could have got, yeah. Or like a firm handshake instead. Yeah. But yeah, she sort of, I think, look, the club, the players, the owners will all learn from this experience. And I think for Amanda, she will, she will go, well done, shake the hand. I don't think she'll go down that road again. I think she got caught. She, I, I, I think it was a nice idea. But then she went, oh, no, I'm going to have to do this for 30, 30 people. Big sweaty men. Uh, and she did, to be less Yeah, I, sweaty I, men. I, yeah. I think that um, I, 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 I'm less cynical and I saw that as a kind of unified club and that Eddie Howe will be, will be backed accordingly. Of course they will because he got so much money. But yeah, I, 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 think, um, I think as a Newcastle fan, in defeat, you can see some major positives. And there are parts of that game where they were just fine. They started well. Um, Man City, Man United, everyone's talking about this Man, Man United side. And they coped. They deserve yeah, to be. No, there. they did. Yeah. How long until Newcastle win a trophy? I don't think it's as close as because I think they've exceeded expectations this year. Because I think one of the ramifications of of the of that cup final and not winning it is that there are players there that could have been real legends by getting a trophy with the club, and it would have been there, you know, on their strap line. When they're doing their punditry in years to come, it's also done quickly, the, isn't it? It's done. It's that silverware thing, winning your first trophy, something that's a, a, a evaded Tottenham for a long time. It's done, and you can just focus and rebuild. It's not done now, so it's like there's a pressure. There's an additional pressure going to it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, but yeah, like in terms of those players, I think a lot of those players could get washed away by the ruthless tide of wanting to win trophies. I think you know, the likes of Longstaff. I think Joe Linton's got, you know, a lot more left in him, but there's a, you know, Almiron, are they going to look to get better players? Is Anthony Gordon going to replace him? I mean, that, uh, the, you know. they'll all be gone pretty much within two, three years. You might have... The kiss of death from Amanda. Is that what it was? Well, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's, if they need to, if, they, if they're going to achieve and have the aspirations to, you know, do what they want to do and the Saudis get their end out of it, then they're going to have to replace all of them pretty much, apart from maybe Bruno. Maybe. The, how happy were most middle, middling Premier League clubs when, when Man United won it? Yeah, because Man United are supposed to win it. It's the hardest thing when Liverpool won the league over Man City. You're like, well, that could have been us. When Man City did it, well, that was never going to be us because look what Man City did to achieve it. But when Liverpool did it, it was like, oh, man, it is possible. And so it is possible. It is possible, That's- yeah. And, and it, that's funny how you see it that way because say when Leicester won it that I loved it because I was like it, it wasn't it was like it can be done <laughs> like you could just catch fire and it can be done so I kind of like celebrated yeah. it a little bit yeah, no, but you're no, a little no, bit yes. closer to, you're, but you're closer to the fire yeah so you're yeah. kind of like you go into every scene and go, season going it, like, it actually could be us it could be us and, and, and it won't be but it could <laughs> and, and 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 the fact that you never get it ever, knowing that it could, it's like the girl that you fancy, but you never do enough. You don't sh- you don't you don't you don't gamble enough to tell her how much she, she means to you, and she walks off yeah. with the other guy. You know what I mean? It's that and, that, you- and it's crushing. I feel it, it's so crushing when that happens, James. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I know that. It's a similar sort of, um, it's a, a similar uh, indigestion in the chest, isn't it? Oh, uh, when that there, she, missing out. there she goes. There she goes again. Yeah. Um, football comes at you fast. Andrew Stepper uh, thinks that this could be the case with Eddie Howe. He thinks he will be replace he he thinks that Eddie Howe will replace Gareth Southgate. He's pretty sure Spurs will get top four instead of Newcastle and they just lost their only chance of silverware. Owners will bring in a big name manager to make their project more exciting, more ambitious, and Eddie Howe will replace Gareth Southgate. Yeah. I'm all right with that. Yeah, I can oh, see that completely. Could, nice it's a good little that's a good little ripple effect um shout, Andrew. Well done. Mm. I'm gonna rename you from Andrew Stepper to the hot stepper <laughs> hear me now right Casemiro what signing yeah is, was he was he of value now here's here's a few things that have occurred has Casemiro without Casemiro and and the amount he cost Man United won't have spent so much money that they can't buy a player in January and therefore have to go into the loan market and sign Valt Veghorst, who turns out to be a pressing monster, and thus provides them with the EFL Cup, the first piece of silverware in six years. Yeah, uh, he's also. It feels like he's he's completely fixed that midfield, which he said he'd do. Do you know how cool that is? I know. He said he's... he said I'll sort this out, and he but did. This is after <laughs> this is after them getting beaten by Brentford four 0 and he sent a text mm. message saying. Don't worry, I'm coming. I'm going to fix this. That is the bit. That's the balls on the man. Mm. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's unreal, unreal. He's <laughs> he's unreal, mate. And he's and and you think and you look at it and you look at it as a uh, sixty million pounds for a thirty-year-old. What was he selling in wages? Two fifty, three hundred, maybe. You know, Varane's I mean, on 400, yeah, Ronaldo was on 400, so you think around right. around 300, right? But he fixed them, he did. He created a, a, an environment that made them, by his ability to defend, an attacking force out of nowhere where they look super dangerous, and he's a massive part of it. Yeah, I think that, I say this a lot in, on my channel, is that there are certain, I've always felt like there's certain midfielders that create can create like a force field. You could also have it in different areas of the pitch. So, like, Ronaldinho had a force field, but in a different way. Because yeah. you're kind of scared to go and tackle him mm. uh, because he's just going to go past you. Ilias Chair, players like that. <laughs> but with Casemiro and centre midfielders, you can have that kind of force field. His is so interesting because it's not actually a force field of, a, say, a Perlo uh, or a Paul Scholes in terms of, uh, give me the ball. Or Bruno Guerrero's actually, kind of has it for Newcastle. But Casemiro has it from like when they haven't got the ball and there's a yeah. moment in the game where it's this lovely like f a bit of sort of uh, colour I guess in terms of the, the, the visuals of the game and there's a focus pull from Casemiro as the single pivot as Sabitzer's just come on and it's uh, the focus is on Sabitzer who's much closer to the camera uh, if you imagine a sort of a, a tri you know a triangle of a single pivot and those two midfielders and Sabitzer turns around and kind of goes do you want me to come back and help and it then the focus turns to Casemiro. Casemiro goes, he just sort of scrunches his face. He goes, no, 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 you stay, you stay up there. Don't worry about it. And that, that energy. That, that energy, that understanding, that trust in yourself, your ability to read the game, to have a defensive force field. Yeah. It really struck me 
uh, yesterday. Yeah. But it it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Rabio's mum. Okay. Th- you know, that's we must remember that. What the explain? Harry Harry at Gingernut23 said, if Rabio's mum let him join us, we wouldn't have signed Casemiro and we probably wouldn't be where we are right now. True. Yes. Now, De Jong, of course, De- so that's interesting as well. If Barcelona had just paid up De Jong and allowed him to go to Man United, they wouldn't have signed Casemiro. Barcelona might be as good, might not have been as good, but they might have beaten Man United in the Europa League and might still be in the Europa League right now. Which will, you know, if but they can would, keep going in that competition, would, would, that might provide them with a certain amount of money, which have given them a sort of net parity. But would Casemiro so have stayed at Real Madrid, and therefore making them better, and and Barcelona wouldn't be, I think they're eight points clear or something. Yeah. So maybe by That's not selling Frankie Dion, weakened Real Madrid. Nice. Now, hey, Slam gets it. I like this. <laughs> the the one with so Rabiot's mum like deals with his transfers and stuff, which is. You know, I don't know. He's a problem. <laughs> he's he's long a long winded problem for every club that he's been to. He's never yeah. he's never he's always had this. Oh, he's got a bad attitude kind of kid. Well, We're yeah. in the wrong and, pip, and you know. From a tactical, and from from a tactical point of view, Different. the fact that you play that single pivot it means that you have another player higher up the pitch. Yep. It means which means you can get the ball higher up the pitch. Which means that someone like Rashford, if you think of under uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Rashford had a really good season, but he was sort of dropping back and him and Luke Shaw were sort of trying to work their way up the pitch. Now with Casemiro there, that's not necessary and Rashford could stay higher at the pitch. So does is Rashford the best player in the world right now if Casemiro doesn't sign for Man United? No, absolutely not. Any player that's absolutely flying and has all of the form and is untouchable is enabled to do that by the players around him. Often, like Casemiro is getting huge amounts of credit, as he should, but his players don't get that credit. Um, and, 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 and Rashford takes it all, typically, in this in this circumstance. Um, it reminds me a little bit of when we had Dembele in midfield and it just gave Dele Alli the freedom to just do what he wanted, to float around, move into space. And Dembele would get the ball and we knew, and our, and our fullbacks knew in, in, in Rose and Walker that we don't have to worry. Our defensive duties, while he has the ball, is gone and are gone. And up there we'd go. And suddenly we had mm. four attackers just merely because Dembele had it. And it, there is no coincidence to the fact that Spurs' creativity has fallen off a cliff since Dembele left because he was irreplaceable. Um, and it's a similar sort of thing with... Casemiro and Rashford and the other players it's not just Rashford playing well he is obviously the standout player but they're all playing well and that is yeah. and, and, and Casemiro is a huge part to play in that if you can just think oh, I, we don't have to worry he does the job defensive job of Fred and McTominay as in a single pivot if he's not there they have to play a double pivot with them two he does, he does that job and Fred can move forward, further forward and, and, and be a part of the creative process rather than the tidying process because Casemiro does it all on his own. Uh, 4.5 tackles and interceptions per 90, which is amazing. 2.87 aerial duels one, which is a top 3% in Europe. 5.99 progressive passes per 90, which is an all-time career high. So he's he's more effective than he's ever been at Real Madrid, probably because of the players around him. But it shows that, uh, that coming back to the Ra- Rashford point, I think if if Casemiro's a bit, uh, a bit more all-action, then... He's sort of what he does is he's able to sort of kind of 
ghost about and he's just there he's always just there and so that then allows the true true focus apart from in this cup final we're now seeing it all and actually i think a lot of premier league fans completely missed how good he was at real madrid myself included yeah hands up like totally didn't see it but because he's kind of sort of so stealth I think that also helps with the hype that Rashford's got. I mean, Rashford, to be fair to him, 14 goals with an XG from an XG of 19.89. His conversion rate's 21%, which is solid, uh, but like over half a goal uh, per 90. So absolutely amazing. Uh, what I did was it, the future ramifications of Casemiro. Does, this, does his success prompt clubs in future to sign older players? Casemiro was 30 when he signed for 60 million. I've actually got the most expensive players to sign. Can you guess who's the most expensive player over 30 to to be signed? Ronaldo. Oh, sorry, the highest amount of them. Yes, 105 million Real Madrid to Juventus. Mm. Chris Wood makes it to the top 10, by the way. Uh, for anyone who's wondering, Newcastle United fans roll their eyes, as do probably Forest fans. I don't know. Actually, they didn't have to pay. How much? Um, Benucci was twi- uh, twice moved from, I think AC was... AC Milan to Juventus and then back for 31 million and then a similar price on the way back. Uh, Batistuta went to Roma in 2000 for 32.5 million and won them the Scudetto, so it was worth it. Nangaland, 34 million. Yeah. Batistuta, that is insane. 32 million then. Even now, 32 million for 30 euros is a lot. What's that? Like in today's money, that's got to be about over 100 million pounds. True, true. More probably. And here's, here's a name you'll uh, Number th- three on the list, 37 million, Barcelona to GZ Evergrande, Paulinho. How much? 37 million. That's when the Chinese Super League was uh, was here, was here to say. Of um, course. Second place was Pjanic, uh, 54 million Juventus to Barcelona. Barcelona have made some terrible buys in the last few years. So, I mean, uh, the, 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 that's interesting because Pjanic is one of the players that, that's... Uh, is that deal is being investigated currently? So that's oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, do Do you think people will go down that road though? Because I think actually the focus is so much on those big money buys of those young players. But when we see what's happening at Chelsea and we see the difference that a guy who's been there, done it, and has still got the legs can do, even if it's in a short period of time, is, you know, is there there's value in that market still? Surely. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. There. I think the players are being able to play longer and older. Um, Kane's talked about his desire to play till he's forty. Um, the, the nutrition's better, the training's better, they're, they're better taken care of, the pitches mm. are better, you know, the equipment they're using is better. So they are they are going to have longer careers. So thirty now is probably twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty years ago. So if Kane signs the new contract for Tottenham Hotspur now, or he's bought by Manchester United for eighty million in the summer as a thirty year old. You wouldn't really bat your eyelids because if you're getting four years out of him as you, as one of the best in in the league, it's not a problem. And it also, you have got to take into account the the motives of the owners and where and, and how they're spending the money and what they get out of it. For the for, for for clubs that are owned by people with unlimited wealth, they can't spend all their money even if they tried. The age of a player will be inconsequential because they can do it again next year. If regulation mm. comes in, which is what Daniel Levy's after. Regulate the market, regulate it, regulate it. And signings of like Casemiro, which is Tottenham would never and could never do, or we could, but we choose not to, would annoy Daniel Levy because you're moving the market, making it more difficult for clubs like Tottenham and below to buy these players for their market value rather than, well, no, their, their real value rather than their market value. 
if someone's willing to pay 120 million pound for a 32 year old player then that's their value and that makes it difficult for other clubs to work so as a you know a ripple effect to this this Casemiro deal Daniel Levy is going to be lobbying constantly lobbying the Premier League to make make the transfer market more regulated because that benefits our club his club do you know what I mean so yeah the answer to that question is who knows but if it gets a job done why not I wish what well, he has him. done this well this year I mean you know you've got Oliver Skip you've got Thomas Partey oh, yeah. you've got Declan Rice Rodri Casemiro as well CDM has become cool again you just had you put Skip in that list yeah, I chucked him in there. <laughs> what? The future, isn't he? He's the future. Uh, the so. final ripple effect. Uh, this comes from at BJ McAdams 11. Like this one. Piers Morgan. Oh, dear, Piers. You've had a mare here. Piers Morgan broke the trophy drought for Man United. The interview, of course, with Ronaldo. Ronaldo leaves the club. Eric Ten Hag grows in stature Great. in the club. Eric Ten Hag brings in Veghorst. Red Devils shift their offensive identity. United win the League Cup. I mean, there's there no, there's no denying the fact that Ronaldo leaving has been a hugely positive thing for him. Yeah. So if you are a Man United fan, feel free to uh, let Piers know. I think he welcomes engagement, doesn't he, on his Twitter? It seems, especially if you disagree with him. Um, it just sounds like he he made a bad decision as an Arsenal fan. Right, guys, we'll be back after this break. We're going to talk about the life and times of Harry Kane. Flav, mm. who do you support? Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Who's their best player? Well, it's Harry Kane, probably. <laughs> that that leads me on perfectly <laughs> to the next section. I wanted to talk about Harry Kane, yeah. life and times. Yeah. And what we'll do is, because we spoke about this on the live show, and that question will come up again, okay? So just to warn you, because I know you got upset when we spoke about that. But only briefly, because actually there's so many ripple effects from the life and times of Harry Kane and having you on someone who has to talk about Tottenham all the time you've had to talk mm. about Harry Kane in particular during this period of time of your life as a Spurs fan so much you've had to defend him you've had to you've had to be cross with him yes um, you've, you've wanted more from him yes. you've, you've expected too much of him and then several different other emotions yeah, sometimes he gave too much <laughs> yeah, gave, yeah, you've, gave you've us, received too much from him. Gave say. us all the goals sometimes. Now, along the way, there's, there are so many moments where Harry Kane could could have not been a Tottenham player. And that, you know, that age-old question of if or should he leave Tottenham, um, what would be the, the sort of ramifications and the consequences of that um, is always something that kind of gets thrown at you, right, as well. Like, I, I think I even remember, so for those you don't know, me and Flav worked together at a place called Ball Street. I think even then, 2016, 17, there was this, it, the, the talking point at that point was, is he world class? Do you remember that? I think that was a sort of two-year debate. Yes. Actually, do you know what? Before we get into actual the specific life and times of him, just off the top of your head, what have been the questions that have, you've had to battle with as someone in football media during his career yeah I mean early on it was um, he's a penalty merchant yeah. uh, the first one was he's one season wonder one, wasn't it one season wonder is all you'd hear <laughs> one season wonder and it, there's definitely a thing there's like, like there's definitely a bias uh, about certain clubs like Rashford is getting the plaudits and he should get the plaudits but 
being part of the Manchester United side, the biggest club in the world, there's, there's, that's a huge factor as well. And so Spurs, it was just like, well, they can't, he can't be that good because he's playing for Spurs and he's come through Spurs Academy. One season wonder, penalty merchant, tapping merchant. Uh, I've got some. So is he world class? Can he score in August? Yes, that was one. Yeah, can he score in August? Um, uh, he, can he do it at international? You know, can he do it at a World Cup? And yeah, I think and the, the latest one about- has been... Can he turn up in the big games? That's what I, I remember. Jermaine Gina sort of kind of went after him, and I thought that's a shame, Jermaine. You let yourself down there a little bit. Oh, it really be, winds me up. It really, guy. really winds me up. Yeah, he's not a Spurs guy. He he says he is, but he's not. Also, he what really winds me up is when you hear commentators dig out players for something they could never do. That really winds me up. Like sometimes mm. Jermaine Gina, and I'm not going after Jermaine Gina. We just mentioned him, right? But sometimes he's talking and he's talking and, and he's criticizing players. And I'm like, you couldn't lace their boots, what, you, what you're what saying. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's just a bugbear of mine. Um, look, yeah, that's the last sort of stick to beat him with. There's two things. There are, you know, not turning up in big games and not winning anything. Now, he could leave and win something. But I'd rather him stay with us and never win anything. Then go away and win it all. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. We're all in this together, Harry. If for some weird reason you're listening to this, <laughs> come on. We're up. in this together. We're in this together, all right? We feel it as well. We so want to win as well. Let's go through the life and times because this so Harry Kane was released by Arsenal in two thousand and two, age nine. Um Yeah, not really released, is it? When you're nine years <laughs> old, you just stop yeah. going to training anymore. Ran his contract down, like, looking for a better yeah, payday. Yeah. Age nine. Age nine. He's basically said, oh, we're probably not going to take him to, to Arsenal to training anymore. And now, accordingly to that, he was released. Mm. Wasn't released. He was nine. Well, so didn't he just, Dad stopped taking him to training. That's what happened. Well, if you've ever wondered what's the ripple effect of fat shaming in the, in the early noughties, well, here it is. He was released for being too chubby and not very athletic. Those were the words of Liam Brady. Now, how many nine-year-olds, <laughs> nine year, like specifically that age group, nine-year-olds are generally incredibly chubby? You've got to stop eating it, son. You're going to go nowhere. He's completely missed it. He's gone. Right, he's looked at him in the face. He's coming. He goes by. He's like fat little chops. Yeah. <laughs> now look at him. Stop eating. Fucking. No, sorry, man. I have to swear on it. Yeah, you can swear. You can swear. Yeah. Stop eating. What's it? You little butterball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> little bubble, yeah. So yeah, um, too too chubby and not very athletic. Allegedly, those were the words what of Liam Brady, Arsenal's academy manager at the time. Old school, uh, old school, yeah, weren't he? Played played for the club. Yeah, he was old school. Play for the club. He might have put the jersey on and play on a field. He didn't play for Arsenal Football Club. Stop talking to him. Talk, talking about him. His time as a, a child, a chubby little child, as playing for the club. <laughs> Well, look, the fact that, you know, would he have become an Arsenal legend if he'd never been released? Yes, he would, is the answer, right? Yes, because he would, he's yeah. clearly a you know, world class player. So, Liam Brady's had an absolute stinker there. Yeah, and, you know, when you talk about people go, oh, he's one of our own, you know, he's actually an Arsenal fan, whatever. Would an Arsenal fan um, cost Arsenal that many titles? Because he, uh, he could have found a way. He could have run down his contract and he could have made his way over to Arsenal. And yeah. been the been the villain, 
and would have got on with it. Yes, it would have been, you know, obviously would have got booed and all that. But if he really wanted to be at Arsenal, he could have made it. He could have made it happen, and he didn't. And actually, Arsenal, who are still waiting for that Premier League title, since, probably would have won it. Was it 2004? Probably would have won it with Harry Kane on the side. Surely, surely. You, you you can see in those when when he scores against Arsenal, there is no oh, chance yeah. that he's an Arsenal fan. And remember, yeah. he scored a brace in his first proper North London derby at White Lane. He says, "I love scoring in the North London derby." Down the camera, does it? And he scored. Got to love a North London derby. Does it? Oh, class. He he scored so many goals against Arsenal as well. So he's it's, obviously it's like more than does more fan than the flames, doesn't it? Yeah, more than any other player. Kane went uh, then went to Watford on a six-week trial but actually impressed Spurs whilst playing for Watford. And in that game, he played as a holding midfielder. Could mm. Harry Kane have had the same great career if he never moved into being a striker? Could he have made it in a different position? And if so, Flav, what position and what level would he have got to? He, he, would, have, he would have been Premier League level as a right-back. He could play centre back if he had spent his time. He's he's his abilities aren't God given; they're made, and and he he his application to his own development is like no like nothing else that's been seen at Tottenham, probably elsewhere as well. He's a he's he knows the cliches. Last off the training pitch, he'd be taking free kicks. He's constantly to this day because free kicks are the weakest part of his game. Still practicing them in training. He's probably whipping them in. He's going all right. I've got it this time. I've got it this time. <laughs> goes on the pitch and hits the wall again. Um, so, so the answer to your question is, he played as a holding midfielder. He then moved through as a ten, and as a ten, he really impressed. And I'm only saying this because I'm regurgitating the words of Chris Miller, aka Windy, who spent a huge, a disproportionate, almost weird amount of time watching our youth team play football. <laughs> Um, and he would bang on about Harry Kane, about Harry Kane. And he once said famously on the Fighting Cop podcast, which is the podcast I produce, is when Adibayor, Soldado, and I want to say Defoe, but it might have been Adibayor and Soldado, or Robbie Keane, one of them lot. But at the start of the season, he said on our podcast, Harry Kane will finish this season as our, as our, our, our main striker. And we laughed in his face. We wow. laughed at his face for so long, a good eight minutes laughing at him. He didn't feel good about that. It wasn't a very friendly thing to do, but it was hilarious, the idea that he could do that. Yeah. Where did he, where did he end of the season? Our number one striker. striker no. But he yeah. would, he, Chris would also say he's a number 10 as well. So. Great example of being man-made as well, because I can't think of another person who was a DM and then became a striker. It's normally the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like yeah. Ashley Cole was a striker, moved back. Uh, Junior Furpo scored at the weekend, and he was saying he used to be a striker, then a wing, and now he's a fullback. You used to see that quite often. I think Mika Richards did the same thing they were talking about on Match of the Day. So for, for someone to be a holding midfielder, a chubby one at that, and to <laughs> then, <laughs> then turn into what could very likely be and could be debated now as the greatest Premier League striker of all time, that's such a great point that you make in terms of being being man-made. Uh, centre-back's an interesting one as well because he's six foot two. Mm. I didn't realise he was six foot two. Yeah, he's a lump. He's a lump. Yeah. Um, I would say that he's he probably, he's very strong as well. That he doesn't often get knocked off the ball and when he goes down, because he's, he's decided to go down. We know that he loves yeah, it. Yeah. 
some theatrics. He loves yeah. a topple, doesn't he? He, loves to he does love. He does love a topple. He's great. One of his best attributes is carrying the ball out when we need a free kick to just get the ball up the pitch. Yeah, yeah he just yeah. knows how to draw a foul. Um, but you know, there's a history of centre backs and forwards, you know, playing together. Uh, play, sorry, t- t- playing in both positions. So you got Gary Doherty at Spurs. Plays centre back and as a striker. Chris Sutton, <laughs> centre back striker. Yeah. Paul Warhurst, Blackburn, yeah. centre back striker. Yeah. So Ian Marshall. The, Ian Marshall. So if, if them if they, that load of tripe could do it, then Harry Kane can. True. Down Dublin as well. Uh, so Arsenal, be, one for you guys to think about when you're listening to this podcast: Where would Arsenal be now without Kane? Where would Kane be if he'd stayed at Arsenal? I think actually. He's probably at Man City, <laughs> hilariously. Probably, probably, he probably yeah. is, isn't he? Probably, probably would, they would let him go. They would have let him go. They would have sold him to him, obviously. Would Arsene Wenger have ever been sacked if Kane had stuck around and he had him and Van Persie up top? Or, I don't like you know, this the line players? of the four. I don't want to think about this stuff, James. But I think you can enjoy it because he I didn't. Can, he shunned I them. I can enjoy it, but what you're doing is you're forcing images into my brain that I don't want. Like Harry Kane playing and leading the line and probably captaining Arsenal. Makes me feel sick, James. Okay. Anyway, go on, sorry, carry on. And, and what on. would happen to uh, someone like Olivier Giroud? He wouldn't have got anywhere near the Arsenal squad if Harry Kane had been knocking about. No, uh, he's a, one of the most underrated forwards I think we've seen in the Premier League for a long time. Giroud, yeah, yeah. true. So this is interesting as well. Kane, of course, joined Leicester City aged 19. And he yeah. was labelled as class and a joke by his former teammates. He made his debut for Leicester against Blackburn. Uh, it was also sometimes played on the wing by Nigel Pearson whilst at Leicester. So Nigel made a mistake there. Uh, and Harry Kane, for those who don't know this, he came on in the playoff match against Watford in the 61st minute. Do you remember the one that was at 4-3? So I had, I had no idea. I had no idea that he was in this game. I had no idea. So, and he replaced the now uh, Nottingham Forest striker, Chris Wood. The substitutes shaped the game. Jonathan Hogg, who came on for Watford in the 79th minute, uh, he set up uh, Deeney, of course, and the, the commentary, I think, was, uh, here's Hogg, Deeney! Deeney! But th- what you'll remember is that prior to that goal, the reason that that goal is so amazing is because the ball was down the other end shortly before that. Now, Anthony Knockhart, who was a very good championship player, uh, I think he's back in the championship now, he took uh, the infamous penalty, which was against Almunia, who was in goal. But Harry Kane was on the pitch. And Harry Kane could, if he'd been a little bit more bullish, it could have completely changed the trajectory of his life. So Kane only scored two goals in 13 appearances for Leicester, most of those being uh, appearances for the bench. So Nigel Pearson missed a trick here, because if he'd got him involved, then it could have been Jamie Vardy and Harry Kane as the front two. Um, and in terms of penalties as well and where Leicester could have been. And now it could be good, it could be bad here because look, Kane has scored 30 of his 34 Premier League penalties. That's a success rate of 88%. So he probably would have scored that penalty. It's a lot to put on the shoulders of a 19-year-old. But if Nigel Pearson had seen the quality that Harry Kane possessed, it could have been very different. And if Kane had scored that penalty, Leicester may have gone up that year and their entire timeline would have been different. They might. Here's interesting. Here's, this is heartbreaking when I when I realise this. So they, if they go up, they go up a year earlier than they actually do. Of course, Harry Kane, after doing a decent job scoring that goal, does he get signed on again? That works for Tottenham because that helps with his development. He's going up into the Premier League and being a striker for them. But also importantly, 
Kante would have never signed for Leicester <clears throat> because he was still playing for Boulon in the third tier of French football in 2013. That stings me because I know for a fact, Ian Holloway told me this, that Gary Penrice, who's also one of my heroes, was a scout for QPR and he found Kante. And I, d- I, th- I don't know if he told Leicester about them or he tried to get him for QPR, but we could have had, <laughs> oh, we could have had Kante and who knows what have happened. That would have been around the time when we were sort of, we went up in the playoffs, I think the next year actually. So we would have stayed in the Premier League. We would have got him and it all could have been so different. But Kane could have been there. And if Kane stays there, th- that means that Leicester play differently. That means that Tottenham don't have you to uh harry k to rely on i looked at who the strikers would be at that time flav yeah so say harry kane had gone to leicester city you sort of let him go either as a loan signing and who knows what happens there but you, you know you sell him on to leicester city soldado doesn't work now some people are saying that a, a huge ripple effect of harry kane's career is actually gareth bale leaving because if gary gareth bale doesn't leave soldado isn't bought soldado doesn't flop harry kane doesn't get his opportunity but if he takes that penalty for Leicester and that all changes, first of all, Leicester City could have had an era of dominance or they could have not won that Premier League title. That summer, you would have had to have bought some of these players. So the one that, in terms of top scorers of the previous year, you could have gone out and signed a Christian Benteke from Aston Villa, 19 goals that season. Michu from Swansea. Yeah. I remember thinking, goals that he could do a job. He could do a job. Yeah. Michu. Romelu Lukaku. Was at West Brom that year, scored, scored 17 goals. He, you know, he would have been good for you. Mm. Denver Barr uh, was at sort of Chelsea and Newcastle United that year. Ricky Lambert scored 15 for Southampton. So all of those players could have been your striker. But say you sign Romelu Lukaku and Harry Kane goes to Leicester. And for whatever reason, because of that butterfly effect of going to Leicester City, in 2015-16, in a landscape where you had a lot of new managers and a lot of clubs struggling, Leicester City sort of fall away leaving an opportunity for another team to win the Premier League that <laughs> So Perhaps what we, I'm we, trying to we, say we, is... <laughs> I, I get, I, go when did you clock? Right. Well, what I'm trying to say is if Harry Kane had <laughs> taken that penalty, he would have been a Leicester yep. City legend, but Leicester wouldn't have won the Premier League. Tottenham, Tottenham would have won the done. Premier League. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. I, I, I mean, we wouldn't have done because we finished second, third to Arsenal. So we, Arsenal would have actually won it. But I understand it's... Uh, what you, I don't think Lukaku would have done, as good as Lukaku is, anywhere near what Harry Kane did. I can't tell you, James, how disappointed I would have been if he would have scored that penalty and stayed at Leicester. The ripple effect of that potential penalty and then staying at that club would have denied me of so many good things. And those that year you talked about in terms of when he essentially was Soldado was forced out, he started really come to the fore under Pochettino. Was the most fun I've ever had following the football club. It was the most. It was the best period ever at Spurs. We didn't win anything, but I, and, I, and I know fans of other clubs take the Mickey out of us, saying, "Oh, you know, you, you can't say, you know, four sentences without mentioning the 2016-15-16 season, sixteen seventeen season." So. So it was, uh, all of that is down to Harry Kane not taking that penalty. And so the ripple effect is actually the one that played out in reality and the only one that I'm interested in. Okay. 
because uh, so far we've, you've made me talk think about him at, at playing for Arsenal and then winning the league for them and you've made me think about him playing for Leicester and a life without him enough having to have Ricky Lambert up top <laughs> in fact, I'm, what I'm trying to do is allow you to be grateful for, for I am what grateful you, what you do have well we'll finish on that in a second oh. final thing that could have been different with Harry Kane was uh, the Champions League final him starting that what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Lucas Moura scores a hat-trick in the semi-final. Uh, Harry Kane didn't seem fit. I... No. He shouldn't have played. But if he's 80% fit, you play him. It's... I understand why he did. But in hindsight, he shouldn't have done. But I think also a lot is made of that. But a lot of it was made should have been made about how Liverpool stunk the game out. So he made it very difficult for us to play. I agree. And... You know, so it's while you know, I, you know, they won the Champions League, and that's all that matters. And how you win it isn't important. But they, they, they for for a team that's supposed to be so attacking and gung ho and Gaga press and rock and roll, all this bullshit you hear from Liverpool fans, um, they stunk that game out and made it really difficult for us to play. And Harry Kane, we, we couldn't get the service to him because they were so defensive, and so. He maybe the injury is just something you know a, a stone to cast at him, or, or to Pochettino is the reason why we didn't win it. We didn't win it because Liverpool were much more organised and defensively sound and made it really hard for us to play. That's why we didn't win it. It wasn't down to whether or not Harry Kane was eighty percent fit or ninety percent fit. I also think with with in cup finals, there is, again there is all that romance, but it's I think it's about it's kind of about when you score a lot of the times as well. And I think the way that that final started. What, that's 90 the, seconds in, yeah, getting that's a handball the, that in the modern age would never be given. Exactly. That's that it, was the that was the horrible ripple effect within it. It wasn't about Harry Kane. Like you have to, you have to start Harry Kane in the game like that. You just absolutely have to. There's no way around wanna, that. Do you want to talk about ripple effects, James? I'll tell you about why the handball rule, if Tottenham didn't exist, would be completely different to what it is right now. We have influenced the handball rule in the UK, Britain, in Britain, or the English Premier League, more than any other club in the history of, fu- of football. And there's three examples, right? There is the Sissoko handball in the final of the Champions League, of which the rule was changed instantly. The, the summer after that game, it was the final game of the season, the summer the rule changed, Right? The 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 block that Danny Rose did in the in the quarterfinals of the Champions League against Manchester City, where his arm was in a natural position, but it was away from his body as he was falling, now is not given. Look at Suchek. Does not give it not give. Not not given, right? The final one, Lucas Mora playing against Sheffield United. We lost the game 3-0, right? We were 1-0 down. We just they've just scored. Lucas Moura falls over, right? He rolls onto his uh, front. The ball is behind him. He cannot see it. It brushes his arm on the way to Harry Kane. Harry Kane scores. That exact same handball right now would not be given. So if you want to talk about ripple effects, talk about how unlucky Tottenham are. Isn't there an Eric Dyer one as well at like the start of that season? Yes! Four! <laughs> I forgot about Eric Dyer. Yes! Four there are, James. Mm. This is when he's not looking at the ball. He's looking at his man. I can't remember. Is it brush off the geezer's head and down onto his arm, which is at his side? Yeah, something. Uh, it was upset. And Jamie Carragher lost it. Jamie Carragher, he'd had enough. 
Og hvad der er der? I der er det op til her. I der er det op til der. Der. So, final two questions. When it comes to hurricane, life and times. Because gone through the life. What about the future? Uh, what would be... Look, he, he might go, he might not go. You're obviously would love him to stay. Blah, blah, blah. That's boring. Let's say something yeah. different, shall we? Go on. Say he moved. What? How would that affect Tottenham? Where would you go? Do you think there would be any kind of like light from it in terms of... Obviously, you would have to get through the initial sort of moment of not having someone like Harry Kane. But sometimes when you lose a player who's so important, you can actually you know it can improve others like what would what will it be like to to uh, you know as a fan of the club to not be watching harry kane it'll be like it'll be like your your brother leaving home your dad leaving home it, it, it'd be what is familiar and comfortable is now changed and he's gone and stepdad has to come in stepdad might not be that nice You know what I mean? So it's like, but in my head, I'm thinking, well, if Kane leaves, we have to put a big bid in for someone like Osimhen. Different character, different brings a different energy. And our captain, effectively, I know Loris is our captain, but it's Harry Kane is the figurehead of, of Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. No one can fill his shoes. So whoever comes in is going to fail. No matter if they score 20 goals a season for three years, that's not as many as Harry Kane would have scored. And he is scoring for Manchester United. So it's going to be difficult, mate. All I would say, though, is there are loads of clubs that win stuff and Harry Kane has never played for them. So it doesn't mean that we can't progress and do do better. It's just, it feels good that he's there. It feels right. And it wouldn't make sense to see him in a Manchester United shirt to me. And I don't want to ever even contemplate it. But yeah, to answer your question, it would be very, very difficult. And... I think in the short term, very little light would come from it. What's been his effect on your life? I hadn't—I never thought about asking you this. Like we've had so many conversations, but I've never asked you that kind of question. Like he's so aligned with, a, a, like, the guiding element of your life. Well, as soon as you said that, my, the only way I think I can answer that with any, with any depth. And that relates to the show is I started a podcast, my, my living, I, I make a living out of a podcast called The Fighting Cock. And it's how I pay for things. It's how I pay for my house, buy the kids <laughs> the things they want. It's my job, right? I've talked about football. I talk about football club for a, for a living. There is a direct correlation to Harry Kane's resurgence as a footballer at Spurs to the popularity of the football club. If the club wasn't as popular as it is, and and in the last 10 years has grown to be, of which Harry Kane is a massive part of it, I don't think it would have been as easy as it has been in order to actually separate what was a hobby and, and, and make it my job. So yeah. Harry Kane, in part, is responsible for me to be able to live my dream and talk about football for a living rather than you know doing something else that I'd be less interested in. So... Yeah, he's he's been he's had a, you know I, look I should be grateful to him for that and I've never thought about that and yeah directly he, he has he has and you know massive massive part of our audience is from the states and Harry Kane would have been a huge influencing factor in people in America and other parts of the world to following Spurs and listening to the podcast so what I, so I, what I'm actually saying is Harry Kane has done enough for me and if he wants 
to go, we should do everything to stop him. Never let him go. He's got to stay. <laughs> Ever. He has to stay. If we're losing, you're losing with us. Sure. Do you know what I, I think what's interesting is that, especially in your job, but football fandom generally, you know, if you're chatting with your mates or whatever it is, there's a lot of antagonizing that's going on all the time. People trying all to pull, the time. At, pull all at relationships, the time. pull at the like the the status and uh, yeah, the status of players, the status of a club. Are you actually good? Have you bottled it? Like all this stuff. And Harry Kane has had to deal with that time and time again. But what was what has irritated you, understandably, is us looking at what could have happened. But what should provide you with a sense of calm is that none of that's happened because he's been he's been by your side like for what is it now? Yeah, well over ten years, right? Well, so, so in the first team, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but he, uh, even when he didn't want to be, we made him, and he never left, <laughs> and he got on with it, which I think is like he, that's that's a huge thing. Like, in terms of a consummate pro. Consummate pro, unbelievable, absolutely. Apart from yeah. the Gary Neville interview, apart from the Gary Neville, yeah, that was weird. That was so weird. It was almost like that. It was such an odd. I was listening. I was like, is this are those words coming out of his mouth? Yeah, that was. And he's that even was put a hundred million price tag on himself. You're like, what is going on here? You're terribly advised, dear Harry, because you did. I don't know if you forgot, but you signed a six-year deal, which <laughs> means we have you over a barrel. Which means you'll leave. When your contract is up, yeah, but Daniel, you said you said please, you said I could leave. Sorry, Harry, what I said and what's written on that contract—two separate things. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah I, I love you. I want you to soar, but you will remain handcuffed to this club until yes. your dying day. Yes. Lovely, lovely place to end it. Flav, thank you so Pleasure. much. Uh, if you guys want to hear more from me and Flav, then. I'll be trying to get Flav on all the time. But we also have our own podcast called James and Flav for now, so go check that out. Um, but, yeah. Beware. Hubris. Yes, and beware the fact that it's different. It's a different kind of podcast. Oh, I don't promote you then. Don't. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying it is different. <laughs> okay. It is different. It is different. Uh, that was so much fun. Uh, guys, if you've enjoyed it, then why not hit that follow button? Uh, give us a five-star rating if you're feeling generous. Can we get up to like, even second spot? There's nothing wrong with being runners-up. Let's see what we can do in these charts. Do your bit. Um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time.